The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the losses are mounting for the Edmonton Oilers. They have dropped six of their last seven, and tonight they are done in by the Vegas Golden Knights. 6-3 the final at Rogers Place, and the Oilers actually had a pretty good first period, came out of it with a 2-1 lead, and then the roof caves in early in the second period. The Golden Knights score three times in two minutes and 12 seconds. Eakin shorthanded. Pacioretty's centering pass goes in off Matt Benning, and then Jonathan show adds a power play goal. Two more early in the third for the Golden Knights and then Leon Dreisaitl with one in response. So 6-3 is your final damage. The Oilers sink to 9-10-1 on the season, below 500 for the first time since they were 1-2 going into Winnipeg early in the season. And it's uh, been a very streaky season for the Oilers, uh, one of extended periods of some good results and now some bad results. They started 0-2, then they went 8-2-1 in their next 11 games, and now obviously 1-6 in their last seven. And uh, their last, uh, well, some of their recent losses, they've looked pretty bad. Uh, Looked pretty bad tonight. They were beaten pretty badly one week ago here at Rogers Place, 4-1 to the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, the game last night in Calgary where they had a 2-0 lead and were looking in pretty good shape. And it slipped away in a third period dominated by the Calgary Flames. So... Tough times now for the Oilers. They're going to have to work to turn it around. Can they do it? We will explore that topic and more tonight. It is 9 o'clock. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Overtime Open Line presented by Canadian Brewhouse. Well, Rob, first of all, I mean, the, the key part of this game, early in the second period, you're coming out of a first period where, you know, pretty good. Okay, you got a you got a 2-1 lead. You, you, you were the better team for the most part. You get a power play early in the second period. Chance to extend the lead. Get that vital third goal which they were also looking for in Calgary last night and couldn't get. And instead a Vegas shorthanded goal sends them on their way. Well, it has plagued the Oilers uh, all season long. Anytime they've had a lead in the game where they've tried to extend. They've had glorious opportunities that they've missed. They've had breakaways. They had open nets. They've had power plays. And nothing seems to have clicked for them. And it allows the other team to stay in a hockey game. Um, when you're the road team and, and you all of a sudden fall behind by two or three against it, you seem to lose your will. But when you get a break, and tonight they got a break, a turnover in the neutral zone, and instead of being down 3-1, they score, and it's 2-2. And on the same, just before, could you uh, turn the puck over in the neutral zone? Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a wide open net and, and just missed. So you're sitting on the Vegas bench thinking, oh, no, we're down 3-1. You get a little life because it didn't go in, and then you get more life when you score the shorthanded goal. And from then on, it seems like the Vegas Knights, they got better, and the Oilers slowed down. And the one thing that we've seen a lot this year, when bad things happen to the Oilers, they deflate. And all of a sudden, it's not one bad thing. It's two, then it's three, then it's four. And teams seem to score in bunches quickly. And we saw that again tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, it was maybe a little more spread out last night in Calgary. But clearly, the third period, the Oilers weren't in the game. And then, yeah, you're right. I mean, it went from a 2-1 lead to a 4-2 deficit 
pretty quickly, and that, that's concerning to me. I, I mean, I think good teams, really good teams, great teams can survive those bad things. I mean, there's never a perfect game. There's never a mistake-free game. There's never a perfect team where the other team won't make a play. But can you limit the damage in those sections of a game or even a full period of game where you're not playing very well? And and right now, lately, things really get out of control. I mean, I referenced the game a week ago against Colorado. You're down one nothing earlier, down 2 nothing fairly early in the game last night in Calgary. And now again tonight. I know there was a lot of game still left after Vegas was up 4-2, but it totally shifted the complexion of the game. So... That's And the, the scary thing for me is that's what we saw la- last year a lot from the Oilers was that when something went poorly, it like you said, they were deflated. They were like, oh, no, as opposed to saying, okay, well, that's fine. They, they got theirs. We're going we're gonna to stiffen and get it back. You're not seeing that lately. Well, you're not, and you're not for a few reasons. Once, one reason is the Oilers don't have uh, four, four deep lines. That If one line gets something going, the next line goes out and it continues the momentum. Then they go, and then the next one comes out, and it just goes on over and over, and teams get running around. The Oilers will have a really good shift with the McDavid line out, and then they'll leave, and then all of a sudden the other team gets to take their, their sigh or their deep breath, and then they start pushing forward. So all the momentum that was gained by the first line, by the time they come back out there, they've got to gain it all back again. And, and we've seen in games, and we saw last night with the Calgary Flames, that when Calgary had a really good shift in the third period, the next line came out and they continued the good, sh- good shift. Then the next line, and eventually you get worn down because you're back on your heels, shift after shift after shift, and your goalie's uh, he's under siege, and he, something eventually bounces in. Yeah, a, a good break for the for the other team, uh, a bounce that goes in the right direction, the goalie misses one, or it gets beat cleanly, but when you're always in your own zone and you're always on your, your heels, it, 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 bad things are going to happen. And with the Oilers, when they do get their momentum going one way, it's not sustained. It's one and done. And that allows the other team to recover and then have a, a counterattack. And we saw that tonight that when McDavid's line was out there, they created, they had a, n- a number of great opportunities, but then it stalled when they left the ice. 6-3 Golden Knights over the Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. Cam Talbot still looking for that 100th win as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. He now has a personal five-game losing streak, and and he's struggling. And you can always say, okay, that's a good shot by the other guy, but there's always good shots. And I mean, the Oilers made some good shots on Marc-Andre Fleur tonight. He stopped more of them than he didn't. And the way Koskinen has been playing, uh, I think now I, I still stand by what I said. They're going to need two goalies. They're going to need Talbot. They're going to need him to work on his game and, and get back to where he was e- even earlier this season uh, when he went 4-1-1 after they were 0-2 because they didn't, they didn't feel good enough putting Koskinen in the net. But right now, Koskinen looks steadier. He's seeing the puck better. He's absorbing the puck better. Uh, you know, Let's go downstairs live, though, first. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan dagger that that was for your team big dagger a lot wrong um sloppy we fell breaking out we fell behind the net we turned it over from there put it in the feet uh of one of our players uh didn't challenge the rush and didn't get the save so i guess that's five mistakes in about um you know 10 seconds of play so unacceptable changed momentum um i think that triggered a five or six shot barrage where four of them went in and uh, tough to recover from that. In both of these games, you got off to the start you wanted, you had the first period you wanted, you had both games seemingly in control and something starts to go a little bit wrong and the team just kind of sags. What's the reason behind that? Uh, I don't know the reason behind it, but you are right. 
Um, Calgary's game was a little bit different uh, than this one. Um, you know, there was penalties, a lot of penalty kill, different circumstances, but uh, no doubt that the results were the same in both. Cam Talbot uh, went into this season trying to resurrect his game. Uh, is he getting anywhere, and do you feel like there's any debate left after who you're, uh, over who your number one goalie is? Well, he gave up a six tonight, and any time a goaltender gives up six, I'm sure you're, he, we, the group is, is looking for another save. But uh, we were porous around him. Um, there were a number of pucks that we were standing and watching and they just chopped that and it, it found its way into the net so Cam's still an important part of the team as we go forward we'll uh, make goaltender decisions so, so it's not a, if if one goalie keeps winning you're just going to keep playing the I'm sorry it's not it's a situation yet where if you say start Koskinen and he keeps and you win one you win two you just keep playing them no matter what we're going to make a decision on who plays in San Jose and and we'll get through that night and then we'll uh, make another decision after that and we'll keep on going Todd what are you what are you sensing in this group right now you're on a run of six out of seven um, are you sensing frustration are you sensing what's concerning to you about about the way the a number of different areas there is frustration but we're creating our own in, in some sense uh, we've lost uh, as you said six out of seven many different ways now which is concerning if there was just one area of the game where you could <coughs> simply zero in on and uh, try and fix it or one position in the game uh, but it's been um, a multitude of different ways, so that's concerning. Um, you know, we're getting uh, some real good nights from players and we're wasting them. Uh, that's concerning. Um, and also the feel of the, the group right now. We're, um, you know, we've got to get to where we feel good about ourselves, and I don't think we feel good about ourselves, nor should we at this point. Do you sense the pressure ratcheting up on this group as a whole as these losses mount? The season's not lost yet, but, it, but you guys are on a slide here. Well, no, this, the season isn't lost. No one's thinking of that. No one, uh, uh, no one in the, the room is talking about it. When you lose six out of seven, nobody feels good, and you're giving away points. Uh, but the way it's, it sits right now, we're there. We're in the middle of it. That's why we went on that good run. Uh, there is a cushion that you try and build in for, for bad runs. Uh, but it needs to stop, and, and we got to get back to uh, playing the right way and uh, winning way. What can you do at this point to change the momentum and, and get it back to the way things were in October? I'm, I'm sorry? What can you do at this point to change the momentum and get uh, things back to the way they were in October? Well, we've got to do, we got to do a lot of things better. I think I just answered that question. Like, we multitude of different ways we're losing games. So we've got to get better goaltending um, on certain nights. Our D have to move the puck better, and we've got to be a lot cleaner coming out of our end, spend less time there. Um, our power play has been um, actually okay, except when we leak chances going the other way. Our penalty kill seems to find a way to give one up a night. Um, yet we are uh, doing not a bad job of, of structurally being where we want to be. Um, momentum changes in the game have to get better. Uh, we've got to be able to recover from things that don't go our way. I can go on and on. Um, but there are a lot of things that we have to do better to change the momentum of uh, a losing streak. Todd, Raddy, was he sick or is he scratched? No, he was healthy tonight. And Patrick Russell and Spooner, your two games, what did you think? Um, I thought that Patrick Russell, uh, you know, for his first two games, he played hard and he hunted pucks down. He created opportunities. Um, Spooner's getting used to his, his new group. You could see that he has flashes of, 
of offense um, and has some offensive skill. Uh, I still think it's going to take a little time to settle in and, and um, perhaps then we get the, the, uh, the true player. Kyle Brodziak says there's a disconnect right now with the team in terms of moving the puck up the ice and stuff. Do you, do you see that? There's five. Well, that's one of the things that we have to fix that we just talked about. Okay. All right, live comments from the Oilers Hall of Fame room. Todd McClellan after the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Golden Knights presented by GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. And I, I think the, the summary there is he says they're, they're losing games a lot of different ways. They need to get better goaltending. They need to move the puck up the ice. Sure, the power play's gotten some goals, but tonight you give up a shorthanded goal, and he's, he's right. They're giving up pretty much a power play goal against per game and that's uh, I don't want to say that's the whole for formula but that's a big part of the formula for the losses lately well I think it starts in net I, I think that we, we've talked about it a lot that the Oilers I don't think they're a strong enough team yet to win hockey games with average goaltending they, they need good goaltending to compete in this in this league as most teams do and right now they're not getting that and that that will affect your penalty killing that will affect your your play in your own zone because now you you're, there's a little fear that if there's a puck turnover, you're not getting the big save that you needed. When Cam Talbot was on, when he was in consideration for Vezina, you would we will you we, you and I would sit in the press box and you felt nothing was going in. And I don't know that he doesn't have that invincibility now that would, that he had before. And and I'm sure he feels it too. Now he might not say it, but he doesn't look as confident as he has in the past. So. Uh, right now, and he's not the only one. There's a number of players that are not playing up to the potential. And right now, also the fact that they've got one line, and it's whoever's with Connor. Yep. When Leon's with Connor, Leon's playing great, and also Nugent Hopkins is quieter. When Nugent Hopkins playing with Connor, Nugent Hopkins is playing great, but Leon is quieter. They somehow have to find a second line that can, can keep uh, momentum, can keep the shift going their way. And right now, they don't have it. They've got one line, and when that line does not dominate shift in shift out they find themselves on the wrong side of the scoreboard well there's basically four guys who score yep mcdavid dry i know nugent hopkins doesn't have as many goals but he's he's got Offensive, a lot of points yeah. he's got off points and chase on i mean other than that either guys don't create opportunities or their chances aren't going in well i, I yeah I, I mean the third line tonight had some opportunities the the Marodi, russell and lucic line but you're asking that line to produce at a level, and two of those guys have never produced at right. this level. They're, they're just starting their NHL journey. And Milan Lucic is, is uh, snake-bitten as any player that's ever played for the Edmonton Oilers right now. He's got two goals in 60-some games, playing usually on first or second line, playing on power plays. So things just not have gone right. They need, like right tonight, the Vegas came in. They had a number of guys that have struggled offensively compared to what they did last year, and they have a breakthrough. All of a sudden, Pacioretty hasn't, he hasn't been scoring, throws one and goes off someone. Carlson hasn't been the same player. He gets his goal tonight. So the Oilers need one of those nights. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of games out there that are freebies or gimmies, and the Oilers, they don't have enough time right now or enough... Uh, they can't afford to find guys' games. Their guys yeah. have to find the games themselves. Yeah, Oilers sink to 9-10-1 on the season, 6-3.
Vegas wins tonight. They blow it open with three goals in 2-12 early in the second period. That's a big part of the story tonight as the Oilers have lost six of their last seven. All right, you can reach us at 780-496-0063. We'll have more post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as well. You can text 63630. Let's bring Daryl here in on the open line. Daryl, you're on with Rob and Reed. Go ahead. Oh, hi, guys. I just have... Like they said it in a heartbeat tonight, you guys mentioned Raddy was out of line, a healthy scratch. And to me, uh, Brodziak and Kerr are not getting it done. And they need to play Raddy and bring up that guy they sent down to the Barons there. Well, yeah, I think with Yamamoto and Puliyarvi, they'd they'd like them to play some games for the Bakersfield Condors. I, I think they want them to be back up. Uh, when they play a little bit more and hopefully get a little bit more confidence. In terms of Brodziak... You guys are always talking about Lucia. He's doing his job. You needed Dave Semenko to watch Taylor Smith or Taylor. And what I'm saying is that Brodziak and Kerr ain't getting it done. Like, those players have been, been on there for... And you guys don't ever talk about other players like that. Oh, they never score a goal in 30 games. Well, there you go. But there's, Rad- a, there's a difference between guys playing on your fourth line and guys playing on your first or second lines. And Kara and Brodziak, they're fourth-line guys. They don't play on your power play. They don't, uh, they're not out there for, for their offensive prowess. They're, they've got roles. And when you lose six or seven, six or seven games, there's not just one or two guys that are creating the, the, the losses. But when you call guys out for not scoring in 30, 40 games, fourth-line guys are usually uh, not the culprits in a lack of offense because they're not there for their offense. All right, it is 6-3, the Vegas Golden Knights over the Oilers tonight. They now go on a road trip. It'll start in San Jose on Tuesday as we check your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Dramatic finish tonight between Anaheim and Colorado. Colorado got a power play late in overtime and Miko Rantanen scored of the official time 4.58 of overtime on the power play. The Avalanche beat the Ducks 4-3. Yeah, we were watching that one in the press box at the end of the game. They had a power play, got a power play with 14 seconds to go, and actually Anaheim dumped the puck out, and Colorado had to go all the way back to their own end, get the puck and bring it down, and with one second left, Rantanen, who's part of the best line in hockey, with McKinnon, he puts it home with a second to go in the game. Other NHL action, Stars over the Islanders 6-2. Hurricanes edge the Devils 2-1. Carolina scored twice in the first 30 seconds of the game. Those are the only goals they got, but it was enough, and the Blackhawks beat the Wild 3-1. CFL Division Finals today. Calgary and Ottawa are coming to Edmonton for the Grey Cup. The Stampeders beat Winnipeg 22-14 in the West, and Trevor Harris... The Red Blacks quarterback, a playoff record six touchdown passes as Ottawa takes it to Hamilton 46-27. Quite frankly, I don't think the game was even really that close. No, Uh, it was pretty much over at at halftime. Both the only bad thing Ottawa did was one of their defensive backs got thrown out of the game for pushing a referee. Does he get suspended for that? Uh, I think they will look at it. I don't think it's automatic. I would, just for him being stupid. (laughs) They just suspended people for stupidity. Yeah, a lot of us point. would be doomed, Rob. Uh, 6-3 Vegas over Edmonton tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Jeff to the show. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. Um, I'm glad that you... Uh, sorry. I'm glad that you mentioned that, that four guys can score. Um, I mean, it's funny when you go on Twitter and people say, well, you know, they've lost the coach, that McClellan is the problem. 
I don't know how, after the games that we've been through in the last two, two and a half years, how anyone can point the finger at anybody else most of the time other than the players. Like, um, Rob, I wanted to call in last night. You said that if the Oilers scored the third goal, that they they likely would have won last night's game? Yep. I well, believe so. What gives you the reason to think that, though, based on what you know, like, from uh, when you look at that third period, Calgary wasn't going to give up at 3 nothing. Um, I, I, just from experience, when there's a, a different mentality when you're down 3 or... It, so they, if they would have scored and gone up 3 nothing instead of being up 2-1, different mentality going into the third period. Sitting in the intermission, you're sitting there and you're thinking, we're down 3 nothing. All the things that go through your mind are all the mistakes that it led up to being down 3 nothing. It's a very negative dressing room. And you can try and mount your comeback, but you also know that you've got to score four goals. When Edmonton doesn't score to go up three and Calgary scores and makes it 2-1, now you're sitting in the dressing room and your mentality is, we're right there, guys. All we are one shot away, and there's a positive vibe. So it's just, it's a mentality. When there's very rare do you see teams come back from three. It, It happens. It's very rare. It happens a lot when a team's down by one. So that's, it's just the mentality you're sitting there going into the final 20 minutes, what's going through your mind, whether you're down three or whether you're down one. 6-3 Vegas over Edmonton tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we will turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. Evan texting 630-630. He says, hey, Rob, what did you think of the Pacioretty mcdavid play that resulted in embellishment on McDavid? Yeah, it was probably the right call. Uh, I, there, there was a hook. He was impeding him, and Pacioretty had no choice. Uh, he's, uh, he'd be about 30 feet behind him by the time they got to center if he didn't throw the hook in. The, the problem for Connor McDavid and, and refs around the National Hockey League know it takes a lot for Connor to go down. And we've said in the past, he doesn't get the benefit of a lot of calls because he is so strong on his feet. He can get a hook or a tug, and it, it, you don't notice it on him simply because he's so strong. He, he's, he, would pre- he and Sidney Crosby, to me, are the two strongest guys on their feet in the National Hockey League. So when he went down, when he did, went down on that play, the referee's saying, okay, you know what, I've seen you, Connor. I know how strong a skater you are. There's no way that that's going to pull you down. That's why he made the call. And... Connor probably did go down a little easier. Players will do that because eventually you're tired of being hooked time and time again and the ref doesn't call it. So you try to let the ref know, hey, this is what's happening. Unfortunately for for Connor, the ref decided to make the call and call him for embellishment as well. You'll hear from Connor McDavid as we move along. Another rough one for the Oilers. They lose 6-3 to the Golden Knights. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Jay Theodore will walk in left circle. Slap shot, save Talbot. And the rebound brushed away. It was swatted to the corner by Ryan Reeves. Belmar centered Reeves a shot and a save made by Talbot. All right, that's the save of the game, courtesy of Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca, not enough saves for Cam Talbot and the Oilers tonight. He allows six goals on 31 shots. Marc-Andre Fleury allows three goals on 32 shots. Vegas 6, Edmonton 3 is your final. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99. 
You can get us at 780-496-0063. But first, down to the Oilers' room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Can't win games. I mean, you played one really good game against Montreal. Two periods in Calgary, but a lot of bad losses. Yeah, you know what? Uh, these things happen. Um, I don't think the belief is, up, is wavered. Um, not at all. What needs to change, do you think, in order for this team to, to get back on track here? Just got to, you know, focus on playing a consistent 60 minutes. Uh, we have stretches where we dominate games, and, you know, um, you know, the team can't even get in our own zone, and then we have stretches where we can't even get out of our own zone. So uh, but, uh, it's just kind of, you know, kind of the highs and lows throughout games that, uh, that we need to fix. Do you think that's maybe a lack of focus, or, or did you, can you pin that on, on something specifically as to how things are kind of falling apart during games? Uh, it's tough to really pinpoint, I think. Just got to be mentally stronger. Um, something goes wrong, we got to be able to, to brush it off and move on. Um, you know, we give up a bad shorthanded goal, and it kind of just deflates us, and you know, they're able to capitalize on two more, and then next thing you know, we're, we're behind the eight ball. So... Um, you got to find a way to uh, to limit those lows. What are you sensing in here from a frustration level? How are you guys doing, you know, as a group when these things are happening? How's that? I mean, obviously, it's frustrating. Um, there's no other way to say it, um, you know, especially because we showed that we can be a good team. Um, you know, we have a eight one one stretch where you know, we look real good, and and, um, and now we've kind of wavered, and, and we're, we find uh, ourselves dipping a bit, but... Um, just got to get back to that brand of hockey that uh, we know we can play. This is a crucial stretch, and you guys are just can't seem to put it together. Is there a feeling that, that is there a desperate feeling? Is there enough desperation? We're a team that's got to be desperate all year. Um, you know, we're not Nashville where we started 20 and five or whatever they started. We're a team that that's going to be kind of right in, in the mix, and you know, points these points matter early, and uh, we got to understand that. We got to keep that desperation level up uh, throughout. Thanks. All right, Brendan Escott working the Oilers' room tonight. There's Connor McDavid scored early in the game. Looked good for the Oilers early. Looked good for them after the first period. They led 2-1, fell apart after that. Vegas wins at 6-3. All right, we'll bring Safe onto the open line. Safe, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hello, Safe, are you there? Yeah, right here. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Oh, when are guys going to start being held accountable? When's the coach going to be held accountable on the GM for the rough that he put out on the team? Well, I assume by held accountable you mean fired, which isn't the exact definition of accountable. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, uh, I mean, players have come in out of the lineup. If you decide to change the coach, then you got to replace the coach with somebody you think that will do a better job. And obviously, if they uh, decide to change the GM, they'll have to decide who they want to do that. I don't know if they're there yet, though I think obviously there are concerns with how the season is going for sure. All right, we'll also bring Troy onto the show. Hey, Troy, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, how's it going? Doing well. Um, I'm just uh, concerned about if uh, we should start thinking about not making the playoffs this year because I'm a big Oilers fan and I would like to see our team be in the playoffs and have a good run. And is there a chance maybe we can get a different coach and get Quinville Quinville over here? Well, I don't know. I mean, most, most of the people who talk about Joel Quinville seem to believe he's going to take the rest of the season off and not coach. 
Yeah, and I agree. I, if I'm Joel Quenville, I'm waiting for the perfect opportunity. Obviously, perfect opportunity could come next week. It could come two years from now. He's going to make uh, the choice that he wants to. He's he's earned that with the career he's had. Um, I, as far as worrying about playoffs, well, <laughs> I, I I don't know if you if you're schedule or standings watchings now but I know that the Oilers have got to find a way to play better it's not so much only the result it's the way that they're playing there you could play well and, and and lose or you could play poorly and win right now the Oilers are not playing well and they're losing so I think they got to find their game once they find their game eventually the, the, the wins will start coming they you do not want to get too far behind the pack and I think that what we saw tonight was a desperate Vegas team that realized that they are starting to fall out of a race. And not only the number of points you're out of the race, but how many teams you've got to leapfrog to get over. And whenever you see the Pacific or Division or Conference teams start playing against each other, it, all of a sudden you lose a game, at least one team's making up points. And in the Western Conference, there always seems to be overtime, such as Colorado and Anaheim tonight. Both those teams gain points on the Edmonton Oilers. So I don't think you are worried about the playoff stretch yet but you're certainly concerned that the Oilers are falling uh, a little too far behind the wild card spots that they want. All right we're going to finish the play with Jeff. Jeff we want to put your name into the grand prize draw for pardon me Troy. Troy is finishing the play. A one hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton.com. The Oilers work it around off the draw. Shot by Clefbaum. Loose in front. Swing and a miss for Patrick Russell. He was an eyelash away from getting his first NHL goal. Patrick Russell playing his second NHL game. Troy, for finish the play, what country is he from? Denmark or South Africa? Denmark. That is correct. Stay on the line and your name goes into the grand prize draw. Patrick Russell has a uh, grandparent whose last name was Russell. And it is obviously extremely rare for anybody from Denmark to have that last name. So that's why he has a very uh, Canadian-American-sounding name. But he is indeed from Denmark, not South Africa. Though there have been guys born in South Africa who've played in the NHL. I can't uh, name one off the top six of my head. 6-3, three, three, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, we have more time for your phone calls, more time for your text to 6-30, You'll hear from Darnell Nurse. You'll hear from Jonathan Marshashow, who had two goals and an assist for the Golden Knights. It is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10. Final score, Rogers plays tonight. It's the Vegas Golden Knights taking down the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. Oilers struggling here. They have lost six of their last seven, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we did mention it is going to be Ottawa and Calgary in the Grey Cup in Edmonton. A week from now, the game will be over. So we'll have a Grey Cup champion. Of course, uh, we're going to be broadcasting some of our talk shows live from the Grey Cup uh, Festival downtown. I'll be doing inside sports from there, from the 630 Chet Information Center on Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm looking forward to partaking in some of the Grey Cup festivities. Well, call me if you need a, a buddy to would hang you, out would with. Would you like to come down and hang out with me? I might want to, yes. We can hang out, be uh, Grey Cup buddies. Well, that's good. We're already I, hockey buddies. Don't we might ask, as well expand. Don't ask me a lot of questions about the CFL. <laughs> You're not going to get very well, as long good as you know answers. The teams, as long as you know the teams that are in it, you'll be fine. I do. All I right. do. I, I know which team I'm supposed to cheer for, too. Oh, who's that? I'm supposed to cheer for the team that's not Calgary. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's generally a safe bet. <laughs> All right, 780-496-0063. We have Al standing by. Al, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I just got a comment on uh, the Oilers. Um, I just don't see any structure in their game on how they break out of their end. Uh, you see the forwards, uh, you know, uh, standing against the wall, uh, you know, in a bad position to take a pass, in a, in a bad position to give a pass, uh, not creating any outlets or any openings to uh, get the puck out. And when they do get the puck out, it seems like they're going up the uh, ice together. You can throw a blanket over them, and then they're, they're trying to make uh, two to five-foot passes to each other. And there's just nobody trying to get open. Or I just don't see any structure in the game, and I'm just wondering if, if I think it's up to the coaches to start addressing that and getting that, uh, getting back to some basic hockey. Well, I, I mean, when teams are losing, there's a lot of things that you can find in the game that aren't going well. I, I think this coaching staff and the coaching staff that was here last year have been around the game long enough to know uh, the, the the right breakouts, the right forechecks, the right defensive zone coverage I mean they they had wholesale changes when it came to getting new assistant coaches this year and their assistant coaches uh, have coached in the National Hockey League as head coaches and they have another assistant coach that was a, a who ran an entire country's hockey program uh, so I, I do believe they know that the players are giving the right um, set of structure and it's up to the players to, to do it properly. And I think that when things start to go awry, they get away from their structure because they they get frustrated. They, they get running around. They, they deflate. And that's what Connor McDavid talked about with something bad. They, they look structured when they're winning in a game. But when things go yeah, sideways, that's... all of a sudden the structure leaves their game. And that's something that they've got to fix. And that's, that's a lot. It's on the coaching staff, but it's certainly also on the players. Yeah, that's, that's a good question by Al for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, I, I mentioned the, the streak earlier when they won 8 out of 11. And we were talking about, okay, the assistants are having an impact. And Trent Yanni helping the D and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think the coaches have now said, okay, guys, stop doing the stuff that, that, that was working. Now, it is on the coaches to keep reinforcing those lessons, to identify who's struggling. Uh, you know, put them in positions to exceed, make sure they're watching film and putting the work in. Uh, so, yeah, is, is, is some of this streak on the coaching staff? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a team, uh, it's, it's team play for sure. I think there are some players here who are struggling. And I'm going to go back to what I said last night. I mean, has the general manager assembled a team with enough depth, with enough guys who can score, with enough guys who can move the puck up ice either by passing or skating? Uh, well, I don't think he has. And, I mean, that gets back to my point earlier. There's three dangerous offensive players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Chason's having an incredible run like, get it out, out of nowhere. I mean, yes. it's, it's actually, somebody said to me last night after the Calgary game, is, is Alex Chason on the team if Scotty Upshaw doesn't get hurt in camp? That was me that said that. That was you that said yeah. that. I couldn't remember if it was you or some yeah. of my many other friends that I talked to about <laughs> hockey. But that's, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good point. So, I mean, there's not a lot of... Uh, guys who are who have been reliable secondary scorers in their careers they're they're hope they were hoping for some younger players Puliyarvi and Yamamoto who I'm sure will be back and we'll see how they do yeah you know uh, Kajula is in his in his third year he's he's been streaky and Lucic his first year here was a secondary scorer and since then he's basically scores at the rate of a fourth liner if that if that over his last 65 games well a couple things one 
the, the, as you said, the Oilers have three offensive weapons. One of them plays with Connor McDavid and has success. The other one, when he centers his line, they don't have the complementary players to play. And everyone says, well, Leon's got to be able to drive his line. Well, he can only drive so much. And if he creates things and no one's able to finish for him, well, is that on him? Because when he goes up and plays with Connor, all of a sudden there's finish. And then Nuge goes down on the second line, and then all of a sudden that line dries up. So we, the one thing that we talked about, and, and it was a huge story in the preseason, do the Oilers have depth on the wings, especially the right side? And the guys that had success in the preseason, the success dried none up in the regular season. Two, yeah, none of them played tonight, and two were in the minors. And, and the left side, is it much stronger? I mean, Kajula has had a, a nice little start to the season. Milan Lucic, who is going to be top six again, has moved down the lineup. So the Oilers don't have the depth wingers that they have that they need to play with the all-star centermen that they have. And the other thing, too, I know that there's frustration about what the Oilers have done as of late, but the Oilers are two points away from being in 16th place. The Oilers are a middle-of-the-pack team in this in the National League. Like, they're not a great team. And this is a team last year that had, what, 70 points on the season? And there wasn't a whole lot of things that changed over the offseason. So to expect them to be out here and to be a, a division champion, I mean, that's high expectations. So right now, the Oilers are two points away from where many people expected them and hoped that they would be in the mix. And right now, it's, it's they're on their downside. They need to bounce back and get back going in the right direction. Hopefully it'll be behind uh, the play of Koskinen in the next game. But they have a tough stretch here. Everyone talked about Murderer's yeah, it, Row. It's all tough. Yeah. It's all tough. Everyone talked about Murderer's Row starting the season off of those t- tough things. But now they're in a tough stretch against division and conference teams. They're going on the California uh, trip. And it's it's not an easy trip. And no matter where L.A. and Anaheim is in the standings, they're still not easy teams to play against. So the Oilers have to find their game, and they got to find a way to, when something goes bad, to not let it deflate and not let it turn their entire game upside down. All right, Oilers lose 6-3 to Vegas. Jonathan Marshall show a big night for the Golden Knights. He had two goals and an assist. His comments for BDO first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Did it feel good to have the three of you back on the scoreboard? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, uh, it's definitely been a little roller world coaster for us, and uh, but I think uh, we should build off that and uh, definitely uh, go forward now. Got Calgary tomorrow night, I guess. How do you kind of just continue this role? Yeah, I mean, we need to built i mean we need to we had a tough first 20 games and uh, everybody knows that and we know that and i mean we need to to catch up our slow start and um, i mean it's midnight it's a new day it's a new game tomorrow just a thought on, on, on nate coming back to lineup and what does it mean for this club oh, i mean he's our best defenseman yeah that's uh, there's no secret to it he's uh, he's fast he's good defensively he gets up the ice he's good offensively i mean he, he does everything right and definitely a big part of her uh, decor and it showed tonight. How much does the shorthanded goal just change the complexion of the game? Yeah, I mean, Eeks is unbelievable for us this year. I mean, he played great. He has a few shorthanded goals already and he's a great player. And I think it's just making, not cheating the game and making the right plays at the right time. And sometimes stuff opens up and he was like, he, was, he had a good shot. Appreciate it. Thanks. So, Scott Johnson working in the Golden Knights dressing room tonight. 6-3, they beat the Edmonton Oilers. By the way, Chad's our face-off trivia winner, so he goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card from Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. Last year, Edmonton beat Vegas 8-2 on November 15th, which Kamloops goalie played the final nine minutes of that game? Dylan Ferguson. 
who was up uh, with as an emergency goalie, got to play at the end of that game. You could have given me his first name and the first three letters of his last name. I still wouldn't have got that right. Although I do remember no, the I game. No, I think with the fl- la- first Fur- three letters of the last name, you would have got it. In For ten first tries. First or second try. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is he still in Kamloops this year? Yes, he is. I checked. <laughs> I checked before. <laughs> when I made the question, obviously, I checked. See what was going on. 6-3, the Oilers lose to the Golden Knights. We have Travis on the line. Hey, Travis, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I just wanted to call about, um, you know, the whole uh, thing that Buddy was explaining there earlier about uh, the structure of the game kind of falling apart. They're good at one, and then all of a sudden it kind of goes the other way, and I feel that it's definitely with the chemistry part of it and uh with todd juggling the lines all the time it's partially not his fault because of the he does not playing with a full deck of cards but um like have we completely give up on the thought of nuge playing with maybe dry sidle and chase on like put nuge and him together and put two speedy guys that can that do have some finesse with the puck like ratty and kajula with uh, mcdavid because no matter who plays with mcdavid it's almost going to work and try to beef up that second line or something and maybe keep them together. I I, I talked with Reed about this uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was my suggestion. You look at a team like Pittsburgh who's got Crosby and Malkin, and they never play together. And Malkin, when they they made the trade and got Kessel, everyone thought Kessel was going to go with Crosby. No, he went with Malkin. And they've been together more or less ever since he's gotten to Pittsburgh, and Crosby continues to have guys who are a little under the radar, no-name type of players. Connor McDavid's going to drive whoever he's playing with. He's that good. And maybe Nuge playing with dry saddle, now all of a sudden you do have a second line because uh, they will make each other better. But the way they're going right now is if one of those plays with Connor McDavid, the second one, they don't have the horses yet or anyone that has proven yet that they're capable of, uh, of helping drive a second line because it's one and done right now with the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to the offensive weapons they have. Uh, Alan pointing out that Olaf Kolzig was born in South Africa, though obviously represented Germany internationally. Well, that's cool. I'll remember that for a trivia question. I'll forget. (laughs) You won't be able to give anybody a hint. (laughs) No, I won't. (laughs) Yeah, okay. 780-496-0063. The adjustment of the game is for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com, and we will give that one to uh, Travis tonight, wondering if the Oilers should adjust and maybe have... Uh, Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl together mm-hmm. and give McDavid a couple of other winners. It, uh, wingers. It is 9.44. We'll take a quick timeout. Oilers lose again 6-3 to the Golden Knights. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Final score, Rogers plays Vegas Golden Knights 6, Edmonton Oilers 3. Goal scores for the Oilers tonight, McDavid, Chason, and Dreisaitl. Marsha Show gets a couple for the Golden Knights. They took control with three goals in 2-12 early in the second period. One shorty, one even, and one on the power play. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9.47. We have Dwayne on the open line. Hi, Dwayne. Thank you for calling. Hi, Dwayne. We may not have Dwayne after all. That's okay. That means we get to go to Mike. Mike, are you with us? I'm with you, Reed. Go ahead, man. Um, I don't know if this has been touched on yet or not, but uh, I was almost wondering if there's an unwritten rule that 
on the second half of back-to-backs, you can't pull your starter. No, you're right. It was funny. Uh, when, when they scored their fourth goal, I, I looked right away to the bench to see if they were going to make a goalie change. And, and not because the goalie was, was off or it was a terrible goal, just sometimes the coach makes a change to, to change the the feeling on the bench, to, to send a message to the team, courtesy one for the goaltender. So, yeah, I, the first thing I did as soon as that goal went in, I looked up four goals, 12 shots. I looked at the bench. I looked at Koskin to see if he was going to get the nod. He didn't. I, I And then I'm starting to think, okay, why did he not pull him there? Because it was an easy opportunity to do it. I thought yep. maybe they're hoping that Talbot can pull himself out of this funk because they need a good Cam Talbot. A, a very good Cam Talbot if they want to be a playoff caliber hockey club. Pulling Cam Talbot two games in a row, I think, because he was pulled the last game he played. So he's that, pulled against Colorado. Yeah, so help. pulling him two games in a row is not going to be a great confidence booster for, for, for him. So I thought maybe they're leaving him in there at that point to hopefully that he can pull himself out, the Oilers can somehow come back in the hockey game, and he can feel good about himself. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I know Todd wouldn't commit to it. I, I think it's pretty clear that we would see Koskinen next game in San Jose on Tuesday. He, like I said, it's, you, you needed Talbot through that first eight-game stretch. He got you through 4-3-1, and one, and then he had a really good game actually in Chicago, the game they won in overtime. The Oilers easily could have lost that game in the third. Mm-hmm. They were outplayed. But yeah, since then, he, he hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been getting the saves. But the, here's, my, here's my thing about Koskinen. He, every minute he plays, he sets a new personal record for time played in the <laughs> NHL. And look, I, I know the KHL is, is a pro league. Most people will say it's the second or third best pro league in the world with the NHL being number one. But the goalie numbers are, are pretty gaudy. Because mm-hmm. it, it's there's not as much attacking, there there aren't as many difficult shots. So I still, as much as I like what Koskinen is doing and give him credit for how he's improved his game from the preseason, I still don't know if he can take the ball and run with it because he's never done it in the NHL. No, no dis- well maybe I am disrespecting the KHL, but he's never done it in the, the NHL. The KHL isn't the NHL. So what it is right now and what it should be is. If whoever's playing well gets the net, and it, and it should be like that with your right wingers. It should be like that with your defenseman, your center, whoever it is. If you're playing well, you continue to play, and 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 it does. Don't look at contracts. Don't look at past. It's simply the Oilers des- are desperate for points. They are right now. I think 26 in the National Hockey League. They're out of the playoff division playoffs. They're out of the wild card right now. They need points. And if Koskinen gives them the best chance, will you play him? And 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 Todd said it right when he said that. He will have a goaltender that he knows is going to play against San Jose. And now we're assuming it's going to be Koskinen. In that game, how he plays will dictate if he plays the next game. And if that game, whoever plays well in that game, will get dictate if they play the next game. And that's the way they have to do it. There's got to be competition, and you've got to go with what gives you the best opportunity to win hockey games. 6-3 Vegas wins tonight. Their assistant coach is Ryan McGill. His remarks for BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Coach, without exactly even knowing the problem, you seem to have found a solution tonight for the second period. 
Yeah, well, we weren't very happy with our first period, and then uh, obviously we um, made some really good adjustments uh, inside the dressing room with the players, you know, taking control of the situation and making sure that uh, everybody was contributing. And I think in the last 40 minutes, everybody did contribute. What do you think of Nate Schmidt in his first game? Back? Uh, he was good. I mean, he uses his assets. He's got, uh, you know, great legs. Uh, made some good decisions with the puck, and you know, he didn't uh, get overplayed. Did you like how he was paired with uh, Theodore tonight? I think so. I, obviously, that's a work in progress. We have to figure out, uh, you know, who's going to be good with who. But tonight, it was real effective for us. Good to see the first line all on the board. Yeah, well, it's the first time all year that uh, they've scored, and you know they did a great job. They worked hard uh, even before they were scoring, so it was nice to see them rewarded. McDavid, obviously, uh, he's going to get some points every night. It seems. Is it that you were able to limit him if it not not shut him off completely? <clears throat> well, obviously, he backs you off with his speed and his skill, and and uh, you know if you can get over top of him in layers uh, through the neutral zone, it's easier for our defense, and obviously you're not going to shut him down. But if you keep him to the outside and everybody can fill in the middle. We'll be okay. That is Ryan McGill, assistant coach for the Vegas Golden Knights. Winners today to improve to 9-11-1 on the season. The Oilers drop to 9-10-1. Final call of the night on the open line will be Ali. Ali, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. I got two, two questions for you. Am I on? Um, I wanted to get uh, a take on Matt Benning's game and also... It looks like things don't seem to be working. Uh, it seems like Shirelli keeps doing this patch job of acquiring guys like Ratty, uh, not doing the rebuild properly, like Winnipeg, like Toronto. Uh, Got to get completely, but uh, that's my assessment. I just wanted to see what you guys thought of that. Well, I, I'll, I'll do the second point, and then you okay. can do Benning. I mean, I said it earlier, and I said it last night, uh, and I realize a lot of people are mad at McClellan. I think McClellan's done a better job coaching the team than Shirelli has done managing the team. That would, that would be my overall assessment if I had to sum it up. And it, as for Matt, I thought Matt had uh, he had an up-and-down night. There, there were some mistakes made, and it's one of those ones, too, where uh, a mistake is made here, mistakes made there, and all of a sudden just snowballs and the one ball, the puck he's or he's going towards the net he's turns to get his guy and the puck bounces off the goalie stick hits him in the, the leg and goes in it's like you're standing there going okay seriously what did I do today to deserve this to go wrong but he also made some good plays and at the end of the night I looked when I came down here at his stats you know he's, he had an assist he was only minus one in 18 minutes had four hit. I believe he had four hits. I mean, he's a third-pairing defenseman. Yeah. So, so I mean, I thought Benning. I thought Benning was okay. He, he had he had an up and down. I think in the last number of games, I think he's made great strides. He started playing top four minutes uh, and, and looked comfortable out there. I think tonight, like a lot of players on the team tonight, uh, it was up and down and it was not perfect. But I think as of late. I think Matt Benning has been much better, and we have not. This is the first time we've had anyone ask about Matt Benning yeah, since in a long time. Two or three of the season. So that shows that uh, there's, his game has turned to the to the game that he needed it to be. And, and I'll, I'll add this about uh, Shirelli and and the patch job. I would actually argue that some of Shirelli's quote unquote patch job moves have have sometimes been more successful than his bigger moves. Pat Maroon was a was a patch job, let's take a chance on this player move. Well, for one year, it really paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Chason's a patch job signing, and, and he's paying off. I, I actually don't think Raddy's played that that poorly. Nope. He's, he's a guy they, they took a chance on. Well, Milan Lucic was a, was a headline move, and like we said, he hasn't scored in almost a year. He has two goals in 10 months. 
you know, Ryan Strome was traded for Jordan Eberle, and they were hoping he could be first, uh, first or second line production. He had one goal when, when he was traded. So I, I think it's some of the moves that you might associate more with tinkering with the lineup and patching up the lineup have worked out better than some of the headline moves. Yeah, that's a very, very, very fair point. Oilers lose 6-3 to the Golden Knights. They're back at it Tuesday in San Jose. Hey, we're going to bring you the game. 7 o'clock for the face-off show. Puck will drop at 8.30. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, and Patrick Bauer, our studio producer at 6.30 Chad. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We've been in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.